Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to KTAEAM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. We are the Horn. The Horn. Winning season is here with MyBookie. MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a cash-out early feature. The first two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit VaqueroscaFe.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of the Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex on the horn. We'll talk some more Texas football. Of course, we'll get into some NFL talk as well. There is some news that Jim Harbaugh and some speculation that some teams may be looking at Jim Harbaugh in the NFL and maybe some teams aren't. And maybe if they do, he won't be spinning. We'll talk about that. Uh, Titans and Steelers play tonight. Cowboys and Eagles happening this weekend. Big game. And the Texans see if they can get back in their winning ways. We may talk some NFL coaching hot seat as well. And whatever you guys want to talk about on the text line. 512-447-3776. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. And, of course, we are joined on a Thursday before a home game by our friends from Hook 'em Up. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on the Horn. They are at third base, Round Rock. My man, Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, uh, out at third base. You guys, how the party's looking out there? I hope we have all our technical issues resolved. Uh, I believe we do, but if not, you know, I, and the show must go on. So yes. uh, we do have out here a chance for you to register to win what is believed to be a Steve Sarkeesian signed football. But uh, all we can really make out is the S and the T and then maybe some Sark. So we look at, it looks like it says ST Sark. And I don't know what the symbol is, apparently, at the end. I'm going to ask, if I ever uh, meet Stark in person right now, I'm going to ask him about this signature. Huh? I, do you, have I don't you, know what that is. Rod, did you ever work on your signature? Like, once you started to be more famous, you're playing good at Texas, maybe getting some autographs, going to the NFL. Do you ever have to work on your signature, or were you just like, ah, no, I'll figure it out later? Oh, no, 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 yeah, you have to have the signature right. Remember back in the day, we took cursive classes, though, remember? Like, kids these days, they don't take cursive. We used to take that, and we had to know how to sign your name. That was part of it. And then you would always practice your signature um, as a part of that class. Kids don't do that anymore. So now all kids' signatures suck. They're terrible. Have you seen a kid's signature? It make no damn sense at all. <laughs> My signature was cool. It was a combination of the two and the one with the rod and the babers. I, I combined it. If you could look at the signature, the old signature, you would see the two and the one. And the two was the R. And the one, I made it a B at the end. I, I hooked that up. So, oh, I took, oh yeah, I took some time. Think about 
Yeah, I, 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 I'm ADD, and I have too, too, too short attention span. So my signature is usually just trailing off because I'm already on to something else by the time I'm writing my name. Like, nah, we're done with that. That's a thing I don't want to do anymore. That's you and Sark then. Sark's the same way. It looked like he, just like he got distracted and was like, what? I got to recruit this kid? Who was that? <laughs> I got I to gotta think of something to do in the red zone, guys. I got to figure it out. <laughs> I ain't got no time for this damn citizen club. Right, I do want to ask you. So our, our poll question yesterday, we'll ask you a poll question today and the poll question yesterday. Uh, poll question yesterday, since we're leaving the Big 12, we got four games left, K-State, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech, all schools that we have some history with now. Uh, we played Baylor early in the season. Uh, may, I, is there a school that we're leaving the Big 12 that you think, man, that's kind of sad that we're going to miss playing them? Oh, miss playing a school in the Big 12. That is good. Um, damn, I hate to say it. I don't think I'm going to miss playing any of them. That's, I, there's none that's that are weird. huge. Yeah, because, I mean, the Texas Tech, Texas Tech became extremely annoying toward the end of you know, our <laughs> tenure in the Big 12. Uh, you look at the purple kryptonite when you're talking about K-State or TCU, hell no, not going to miss playing them. Most of the time we've been playing Oklahoma State, Gundy's been there, hell no. We're not going to miss playing Gundy because Gundy's a hell of a ball coach. We all know that. That dude's outcoached so many Texas coaches. I can't even, I forget all, all the all different times he's done it, so I'm not going to miss playing Gundy. Um, man, Kansas used to be, you know, an easy win, them, them yard birds now. I gotta tell you, I don't, I don't really want to play Kansas a lot. You got more to lose than the game plan, them yard birds. So I'm not gonna miss that. Uh, I don't in Baylor. Uh, I mean, no, no, exactly. <laughs> it's simple. Thank you. No, I, I don't think I'm gonna miss any of them. I like that Texas taking you know, Oklahoma and Texas are going together as a package deal. That would be the only one I would miss would be Texas Oklahoma and hell, I mean, you're going as a as a couple essentially to the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I, and the reason I asked that is because I was thinking about it myself, and I think K-State might be the team that was always a really good litmus test of just kind of having to go out there and play your level of football. And they, were, they just felt like a team that was like, oh, it's a good one to have on your schedule because every year they're going to be that team you have to beat. So as much as you don't want to have to play them, you're playing SEC teams. So I take K-State over those teams because you can usually beat a K-State, but if you don't show up and you don't perform, they will beat you. So I just kind of like yep. them as a litmus test. Uh, all right, what's our other question? Or Aaron, are you there? Do you have an answer for that? Yes. Uh, I'm with Rod. I did not miss. What I will miss, and Rod and I have talked about this, Rod's the football theorist, is just the innovation that's come out of the Big 12 because they don't compete on the, the recruiting landscape big picture with the SEC and the Big 10 and the ACC. Uh, what you've seen is coaching innovation. Mike Gundy, mm -hmm. uh, as you've said, Rod, is the mm -hmm. first to go to the three-high defense to – and he's hired coaches and coordinators off the interwebs yeah. that he thought were interesting. It's, uh, it's almost like the coaches, the teams in the Big 12, knowing they had to play Texas and Oklahoma, have had to play Moneyball a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. we can't try to be like them. We're never going to be able to. And this is over the entire 25 years of the of the conference or, or more. But we can't we can't beat them mano a mano. We can't go head up with Texas or Oklahoma. So you know, Mike Leach and you know they bring in the airway air raid with Bob Stoops, and then he goes to Texas Tech and adopts that because you're never going to recruit great old linemen in Lubbock and uh, defense is always going to be a challenge in West mm -hmm. Texas. So let's be different. Uh, yeah. Mike Gundy's been that way. Uh, Bill Snyder and now Chris Kleiman at K-State have their way. They just have their way, and that's all they do. I just like the innovation of the conference, the coaching in the conference. And if you look at it, and Rod couldn't contest, that's trickled up and matriculated up to the other mm -hmm. – into the NFL now. Yep. Uh, the, the air raid offenses and Patrick Mahomes and what we see now in pro football, which then how did the defenses respond to the air raid, Rod? How did they change? We've seen that evolve through the Big 12. So I will miss that because it's been uh, a chess match 
and, and great coaches in this conference yep. that uh, probably don't get the credit they're due on a national level, Rod, because uh, they, they, they have to try to play against really big physical teams and find a way to beat them on a yeah. year-by-year basis. No, uh, one thing you are right about the coaches. I mean, think about it. When the, you know, the NFL is looking at college coaches, they've continuously looked at Big 12 coaches. What are you talking about? Lincoln Riley. Uh, remember at one point, Matt Campbell was a hot name they were thinking about for uh, NFL jobs. So there have been uh, names uh, from coaches in the, in, the, in the Big 12 that have become names the NFL has considered because of the innovation and what they've accomplished. So I'm with you on that. I agree with you 100%. But individual team, probably not. And I would say, you know, in the SEC, when you hire a coach, you want to win. In, you want to be winning February or January or December in recruiting, right? You want talent because you got to go mano a mano against these programs week by week. Uh, the coaches in the Big 12 kind of know we're not going to recruit to that level. So how do we scheme it, Rod? Which is what you're all about. You're all about the scheme, and then you know, then you have to respond. It might be a better fit for Texas playing in the SEC as they they get the big humans and they're in the recruiting battles. And uh, certainly hadn't been great for A&M to this point, but you know they're A&M. Uh, but we'll see. Now to your to to the counter of the question. I am excited to start seeing the Texas-Texas A&M game again, the Texas-Arkansas game again. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Uh, that's really the biggest you know, advantage of this new move uh, into the SEC is, is not playing the K-States and the, the Baylors and the Techs anymore, but actually playing A&M and Arkansas on a year-by-year basis, hopefully. Yep. Yep. Uh, I will do it. Did you guys see the news uh, of Oklahoma trying to make Bedlam a little bit more fun for the last time? And it doesn't seem like it's a huge story with Trace Ford. Uh, trying to say that Gundy and the coaching staff didn't care that he left and they don't care about their players or whatever else he's trying to say. Uh, <laughs> that, that is the, the bedlam uh, uh, story to break out this, to try and uh, pump up the big last bedlam, which should be a big event. And I'm always a huge fan, you know, Rod, of, of the phrase bedlam. I think it's the best rivalry name out there because it's just one word. It's easy. It it's memorable. Yeah. But I, have you seen anything of this Trace Ford, the linebacker that transferred from Oklahoma State to Oklahoma? He said basically when he tried to tell Mike Gundy that he was transferring, he said, I don't care. And he went off and went to Oklahoma. <laughs> that he basically, as soon as he said he That's was so unbelievable too. Yeah, he's like, I'm entering well, the transfer portal. He goes, cool, bye. Yeah, it makes perfect sense because Mike Gundy is an Oklahoma State Cowboy, right? Played for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And they have this, this kind of um, – it's kind of this old school uh, saying, and I, I'm sure I'm going to screw it up, so I'm just going to explain it and not say it, that in Oklahoma, most of the Oklahoma State Cowboys fans actually went to Oklahoma State. But a lot of, most of the Oklahoma fans, or at least half of them, they never went there. They just, you know, they were just fans. T-shirt fans. Um, and so, which is nothing wrong with that. But my point is, and, and Mike Gundy brought this up too, the fans for Oklahoma State, they're much more invested in this rivalry, the Oklahoma State-Oklahoma rivalry, than Oklahoma fans are. So Oklahoma's invested in the Texas rivalry. This is their version of Texas Texas A&M. Yeah. They're not as invested. This is their side piece rivalry, right? This is the side chick for them. <laughs> their, 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 their main chick is Texas. The side piece is Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State do not like being the side piece, just like A&M doesn't like being Texas is side piece. Nobody wants to be the side piece, right? Uh, well, sometimes you may want to be. But anyway, getting back to it, I think that's why Oklahoma State, they, right now this is big for them because they know this could be the last one, and they would love to have, you know, that final kind of bragging point in the rivalry that, hey, man, we won the last one. Even though Gundy, great coach, has been dominated in this rivalry by Oklahoma. He's, I mean, I believe his record is 3-15 and 15 <laughs> against Oklahoma. That's crazy. Yeah, the last 18, and really, like, the, the entire you know, history of the rivalry is all Oklahoma. But, but if you win this one, 
in your Oklahoma State, hey. you have forever bragging rights. You do, man. <laughs> you have forever scoreboard. You just be like, hey, who won the last one? Who uh, won the last one? Who won exactly. The last one? Who won the last one? Uh, this rivalry, though, is one of the few rivalries that dates back to before statehood. I mean, it's old school. This was a land thieves started. Yeah, this is before <laughs> before the statehood of Oklahoma. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State were playing each other. That's how old school the rivalry is. So it's deep. Well, and, and with the Gundy name, right, Mike Gundy played at Oak State. His brother played at Oklahoma. Kale, uh, you know, you, you grow up in the same household with a brother, Rod, and, and oh, you yeah. go off and play at the rival, and your brother stays and plays at OU. Uh, that, there's, it just runs real deep, uh, yeah. real deep. Uh, for Gundy and for the Gundy name and for the family. They were yeah. both big-time high school quarterbacks in the state. And, and I saw where Brett Venables, his, his, all the captains for OU were from Oklahoma. Uh, there's no out-of-state captain. Yeah, uh, you got to know what this is <laughs> yeah, about, man. Yeah, yeah. Know this about. Yeah. Man, Gundy talked about how when he played in it, like, they were spitting in each other's faces and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, man. Well, he'd see Brian Bosworth at bars in Oklahoma yeah. City in the offseason. <laughs> so, uh, how confrontational I want to be tonight because yeah, I may end up getting my ass kicked or whatever. But who's, and, and Gundy actually said, well, who's with me? Yeah, I man. can be a little more confrontational. I got some people with me. Yeah, I need my old line. Bosworth's here. Yeah. These other guys are here. I got to have some people. If I'm by myself, I don't have a wingman or some wing, wing people, I'm not doing anything. I got to just stay lay low here. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Mike Gundy's one of a kind. I, I will say to the question you started this with, Patrick, I will miss Mike Gundy. Uh, he's, he'll still exist in the world. Texas will play him every year. I will miss Mike Gundy because he's the closest thing we have now to the, to the late Mike Leach is just a – He's not like anybody else. He doesn't. He doesn't. He, that's, he, he, that's fair. Whether you like him or not, or do his politics or whatever he does, that's fair. He he does not conform. He yeah. doesn't do it like everybody else does, and he doesn't I care. That. Well, yeah, and that's, and that's what I always loved about Mike Leach. And that's kind of why that story is funny, is because you're like, well, of course he doesn't. Like he's been pretty on the record that if you transfer out of, like he hates the transfer portal in general. So if you're going to yes. say you're transferring, you didn't have to say you're to Oklahoma because you can't technically say if you say I'm transferring to Oklahoma before you enter the transfer portal then that's tampering and he would have cared so you just have to say i'm hit, i'm entering the transfer portal and he goes bye no you're not coming back now <laughs> and i think that was more of what my gundy goes if you don't want to be here don't be here which is why one of the reasons why oklahoma state is having more and more trouble as you know the transfer portal becomes more and more prevalent and nil and all that and he wants to stay old school and that's not really as much of an option Dabo sweeney's dealing with it right now in clemson as well uh trying to be the the standard bearer and fight the good fight that you feel you're fighting, but you're going to be out of a job. I know. Trust me, Mike Gundy has the, the contract that if you ever look up how his contract works, it's a renewing contract that every single year it becomes a five-year deal again. So there is never a point where Oklahoma State doesn't have to make a decision and just lets him go. They have to make the decision at some point to at least put the end to the renewing of the contract uh, if they ever want to end the relationship with, uh, with Mike Gundy. But I feel like that's probably coming sooner rather than later just because of the tide of, uh, of college athletics. But who knows? Maybe they'll be happy in the well, new Big 12 and how they fit in that. Well, he was winning. They were having that conversation. They're not anymore because he's winning. Yeah. Yeah, September when they were 2-2 two and two and lost to South Alabama, they were certainly talking about it. Yeah. Uh, and now Boone Pickens is gone. But I would also say this. I think it would go the same way that Texas Tech has gone since they ran Mike Leach out. It's, just, it's a hard place to win. If you have somebody that's consistently winning – in Stillwater, Oklahoma, or in Lubbock, Texas. Keep him. Even though he's weird and unorthodox, do not let him leave. Do not let him leave because who's next? And are you sure they're going to win? Ask Texas Tech how that's gone since Mike Leach left and Texas Tech and TCU have kicked off, and they're hoping Joey McGuire is uh, able to get it close back to what Mike Leach did. Agreed. No, and I, and I mean, and the reality is we all know in college football and in, in pro football, the best decisions are not always made rationally. 
They're not always, no, you know, we may be a little down. So, it, you know, if you have a couple bad, if you get blown out in Bedlam and they don't get to play them again, that's going to sting because you can never get that win back. And, you know, you're probably not going to win. So it's all those things pile up of how he ends the season. Uh, they don't get to take another shot at Texas, which is nice. But uh, we will see. Uh, I, speaking of another coach, though, uh, I was reading a report today about uh, Jim Harbaugh. And now with all the the news of tampering and how more and more teams in the Big Ten, every coach is basically on the bandwagon of Michigan should never be allowed to play football ever again and no zero scholarships. <laughs> we just don't want to play a really good team. Uh, that Jim Harbaugh may – we know he was already trying to look at the NFL last year with a lot of his class graduating at the end of this year. He may try to make a break for the NFL. The Raiders job opening up feels like a – it just feels like – Jim Harbaugh is that type of guy. They hired Gruden. Then you hired Josh McDaniels. It feels like that's the kind of way to go. But the report was that the NFL is talking right now that if there were to be NCAA sanctions and he tries to avoid them to go to the NFL, that the NFL may to be friendly to the NCAA is trying to spin Harbaugh in the NFL as well. Uh, the precedent, they've done this once before when Jim Tressel left Ohio State uh, uh, with a whole uh, – was it Maurice Claret or whatever the the players that Terrell were Pryor. Terrell Pryor, uh, with those yep. that he was he was hired as an analyst and he was suspended six games in the NFL for for his actions in the NCAA. Is this a deterrent that Jim Harbaugh now probably is up against a rock and a hard place? He wasn't able to get a job last season in the NFL. I believe the Vikings were looking at him and I think another team, and he wasn't able to get either one of those. Maybe the Panthers were, and. Now, you, the Raiders seem like a job he could get, but who knows? And if you're going to suspend him, it may be even less of a job. Yeah, I think the Bears, too, would be one to watch, yep. too. In Chicago, of course, he played for the Bears and starred for the Bears as a quarterback. Colts aren't looking to fire their coach, but that's another place he played. Uh, you know, obviously the NFL doesn't want to be, Rod, the, the safe haven, right? You can't run off to the Bahamas uh, because you get in trouble with the NCAA. They will punish you. But, again, there's not an organization in football if they really want to hire Jim Harbaugh that are going to blink about a five-game suspension to start no. the season. No. He'll still get to run the offseason. He'll still get to run the preseason. He'll just be suspended, much like this year for Jim Harbaugh, for the first few games. And if you're as proven as Jim Harbaugh at, at both levels, wherever he's been, uh, you know, they would, they would still hire him because it's a bigger picture higher than – Nope. Oh, all right. Let's see if we have another drop or if they're going to – there he is. All right. Nope. Wait. All right. We got you back. I think we're getting yeah, you back. I, I'm just saying I don't think the NFL uh, – an organization is going to balk at a five- or six-game suspension to hire the coach they want for the long term. Yeah, and I really the only I, – I, the Bears might look at him because he's been there, but I feel like the Bears, you know, they, they have enough people there. They have the Big Ten – former Big Ten commissioner is their uh, president now or GM, right? Yeah, Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren is there, so he probably knows Harbaugh. He may stay away from him because of that. Uh, the Raiders' job, when you see how many people have turned him down, it just feels like it just feels like that. I don't know why. Mark Davis, he likes to get those splash hires. He likes to hire somebody that's on everybody's tongue. And if if Harbaugh is able to continue, are, do you think there's going to be any repercussions this season for Michigan, or are we going to see? this play out after the fact right now we saw Ohio State get ranked number one in the college football playoff rankings uh however Michigan is in number three but because they haven't played anybody but if they win these last couple games they're they're in the college football playoff is that is that going to be copacetic or is are we going to see more and more people start complaining the only 
listen, the NCAA is going to move at a glacier-like pace, and I don't think the NCAA is going to change, uh, you know, just because of this situation. I don't think there's a special circumstance. So I wouldn't count on the NCAA. All right, uh, ex- expediting the price, the process, or the investigation. Um, the Big Ten, however, they may decide to do something because they're the ones who have to hear the coaches complain and criticize their leadership or lack thereof when it comes to this sign-stealing scandal. So I think the Big Ten is probably more likely to make a move if they make a move at all. Right now, it's been crickets. I mean, we're two weeks deep into this scandal, and the court of public opinion is already – you know, come, they've already assigned a verdict. Yeah. I mean, they pretty much think he's guilty, and he probably is, but well, court of public allegations opinion, now. And I think the court of the Big Ten coaches already think he's, he's guilty. guilty too, yeah. Because <laughs> they kind of felt like something was amiss already. And now the evidence is out there, at least that's been reported. Um, gosh, even Urban Meyer had a comment today on his podcast with Tim May that, you know, I, I don't trust the media, so I'm going to wait on this. But if it's true, I've never seen anything like it in 40 years of coaching. Wow. Uh, everyone understands if what is being alleged – is true, it's truly a pretty high crime and misdemeanor within the coaching industry that, man, we all try to to a different level. This is a full scheme that you guys have been pro, you know, running, and it coincides with the rise of the program. Uh, so those things come into play. But to your point about the Big Ten, I agree with you 100%. Look, if the NCAA Michigan tomorrow, you know, we have a show cause, you know, we've got you on this, this, and this. Michigan as a university would still have 90 days to respond to that. So they have three months where they would have to respond to anything the NCAA alleges them having done. That's the glacier-like pace you're talking about. So you got 90. Well, that season's over by then. Uh, but the big. Oh, do we drop out once again? We have dropped out once again. Uh, there we are back. And we're going in and out with them right there. So I'll tell you Every what, time I'm talking, it's me. I, but you know, easy. <laughs> but, uh, but, no, I mean, again, the, the NCAA, they, it's going to take forever. They And Michigan, is, you know, everybody deserves due process. I mean, everybody deserves that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish them, the NCAA moved quicker. But the Big Ten has coaches breezing down their necks saying, hey, do something. Nope, we're dropping out again. I'll tell you what. Let's go take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this discussion. We'll get into talking about the NFL games as well. And uh, we'll uh, get to uh, the preview of Thursday Night Football, talk a little Cowboys, a little Texans, and we come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Sports Complex here on the Horn on a Thursday afternoon, rolling on, joined by our friends on Hook 'em Up with uh, E and Rod B. Weekday morning, six to eleven, out at third base, Round Rock, giving away some good prizes, drink specials, hanging out. The Texas uh, Texas Tech TCU games going on right now. You got the Titans Steelers coming up later, Spurs and Suns coming up later as well. Uh, Rod, have you ever heard the uh, the mix down of running with the devil? And uh, 
they just took the vocal track out of it and then put it with American Idol judges, and it's one of the greatest things you'll ever hear because David Lee Roth's not a great singer. He's just a great front man. I have no. <laughs> I have not. I'll just send it to you. <laughs> which, it is, which American Idol judges? It, it's which, like which, It's which, just which, cut together, so it's like the original because this is from a long time ago. But they cut it together where it's just him screaming, like doing that intro scream and all that. And with no music behind it, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, wow. I'll send it to y'all after I, the show. That's pretty good. Please do. Uh, Love so, me some David Lee Roth growing up, man. Oh, he was the best. Love I mean, he's still there's, – there's also a really sad video of David Lee Roth where he's walking down a hotel room. Oh, and this is from a few wreck. years ago. And he's oh, no. walking down a hotel room, and he hears, like, this party going nuts, and they're listening to Van Halen. So he knocks on the door, and they're like, oh, sorry, sir, we'll, we'll keep it down. He's like, no, nah, man, rock on. That's my song. And they're like, sir, we'll keep it down. It's okay. And, and he's just trying <laughs> to tell them. He's like, that's me sorry. singing. That's my band. That is, and they don't, they don't get that's it. That's not my jam. That's my actual <laughs> song, people. <laughs> that's me, man. And they're like, no, no. That, that dude sounds like you can't sing like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, that guy won the, uh, the artist lottery meet running into Eddie Van Halen because uh, – he was a weird dude, uh, but he was perfect for what Eddie Van, yeah, Eddie Van Halen's needed, vision, yeah, yeah. for what he wanted in his band and his brother. Uh, and, of course, they, they, they grew tired of him, and they decided that uh, Sammy Hagar was going to be a better front man for them. When they, you know, yeah, if you watch any of those old uh, concert footages from Van Halen near the end of David Lee Roth, it's just him. And then he'll say running and then hold the mic out. And then you, he basically sings like every 15th word. And then holds the mic out. It's really bad. <laughs> like I can see why he is no longer in that band. Yeah, he uh, was. Uh, he was. He was. He was an issue. He was a weird guy. But man, as a kid growing up, when he had the parachute pants and jump. I mean, when that album came out uh, with Jump in Panama, I was probably twelve or thirteen years old. That was that stopped time. That that album and uh, David Lee Roth with all the acrobatics. It was pretty cool. Uh, so I did want to wrap up the Jim Harbaugh conversation. Then I want to get to some NFL games that are happening. Uh, but I did want to wrap up and just ask the question, have you guys heard or are you believers in the theory that TCU knew he stole signs and so they changed up what their signs were to basically trick him and that's how they were able to handle Michigan so easily in the college football playoff? I do believe that, but I don't understand this. Isn't this a regular practice for all coaches? Don't they have misinformers on the sideline? We talked to Coach Sanders of, of of Vandergrift, and, and he talked about how they have like three different guys giving out signals, and they are kind of color coded. And each series, there's a different player who's actually giving the real signals, and two other guys giving dummy signals because he's called paranoid about signal stealing. So this is a regular practice. I don't understand if TCU made this as an adjustment. So I, they, I'm sure they got dummy signs, too. Everybody has it. So I'm not sure why it's a big story that TCU made the adjustment to have dummy signs when coaches do that as a regular protocol almost every game. Well, and that's going to be my in – the, in the investigation itself, whenever it's full, is what actually we're getting that's different than, uh, than you can normally get. I mean, is there something that they were able to decode – I think or, they're using artificial intelligence. Yeah, that's kinda, what I bet. Yeah, using. using this guy with military military using. background. Because, yeah. uh, again, he was recording t- entire games. So he had, yeah. you know, the data. Enti- all of it. And then you yeah. can take all that data, take it back to the lab, and like Rod does, break it down. So, Put it into an algorithm? Yeah. Boom. Well, look, I mean. Spit it out, baby. The argument to your question, Patrick, is that TCU was warned of this, and they had a month to prepare for it, and they – you know, they were throwing out, you know, the algorithm didn't work or whatever. And, uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy threw two pick sixes. 
Um, you know, because you know the idea is you're. And this is what it's, what's important for the audience, I think, is that you get to the to the play and the, the play is called. No one huddles anymore, so you're checking with me. You're looking to the sidelines. My argument is Connor Stallions is there on the sidelines with the coordinator. Nope, Aaron. Also it, check to that. Every time you try and make a good point, Aaron, it cuts out for you. It is, it's me. The, the Comrex is really coming after you today. I don't know well, why. Should I move closer to this thing? I don't know, man. The garage right next to it. We've only got about 15 minutes left of radio, so I think we're good. I think we're good. I am the, I am the human dump button is what I am. You're like, I have a really big point to make. Everybody listen up. Drop immediately. Well, and that's, that's the question to me is what were they getting that you can't get and other people aren't to, to what Rod says is kind of normal practice. Yeah. Uh, what level was it going to that allowed them to mm-hmm. be this sophisticated? Because James Franklin had a comment where he wouldn't name the name and talk about the school, but he talked about it is odd when you make a check to a play that's completely unpredictable. Like he was talking about we were in you know, jumbo package on a fourth and short, and all of a sudden we check to a play, which is a deep shot, and next thing you know, Michigan's playing too high. Uh, and they pick an, it's an interception. It's like, come on, man. It's completely unpredictable that we're going to check to that out of a bunch formation on a sh- fourth and one. Now you, you perfectly are in a, a, a too high shell coverage uh, to take our deep shot away from us. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I think the coaches are upset about, that they're in real time, they're able to check to the right play, mm-hmm. offense and defense, with the help of this covert operative, I guess you would call him. And that's the thing, because everything in college football now is about look with me. And we can all admit, or look to the sidelines and let's check to the right play and get out of a bad play. Uh, look, we would all agree, and Matt Rule said this, you know, we got to get to where we're training our quarterbacks, A, to be able to check out of plays themselves, but also the wireless, the headset communication. This is really silly. Yeah. None of this would be a problem if they were able to talk sidelines to the quarterback uh, in real time and the middle linebacker in real time. But, you know, the NCAA hasn't allowed that yet. The coaches have voted against it. That would have eliminated any of this conversation. I think, yeah, I think that's something coming with the new Power 5 setup and the top 64 team and all that. I, that, yeah. that seems like it's going to be coming with the more assigned ceiling. I think the TCU thing was they knew – they basically Mike leached it with the fake script and showed the signs that they thought, but they then ran plays completely opposite of those signs. So Michigan thought, oh, here's they're, – they're running the ball. Everybody come up and then throw a deep ball and just completely – so they showed they still showed the same signs, and Michigan wasn't able to figure it out until too late, I guess. Yeah, but I don't know if that's – that's, that's why your quarterback would throw two pick sixes. He yeah. thinks he's going to get one coverage. He gets something different. But can we talk about how lazy these coaches are? Remember, <laughs> this was the issue with Sark last year, reportedly. He didn't change his damn signs. Guys are transferring off of your football team yep. annually. Matter of fact, biannually, actually. And you don't change your signs when all these guys know your signs and they're going to, 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 to teams in your own conference. And now they're like, you know what, i got to change my signs. Like, I'm, I'm just stupefied that these coaches have now just figured out, man, we got to change our signs. That's crazy to me. Like, that's, that's wild. So it means TCU wasn't changing their signs either. Yeah, I don't know what it was. They just started to use dummy signs. Like, I, I don't know. That's why I need to get into coaching. It's crazy. It's wild, man. <laughs> that's why, Rod. <laughs> so he's wild to me. Like, that's crazy to me. Let's talk a little uh, NFL tonight. Titans and Steelers, not a great game. Uh, we will see Will Levis in his second start. Uh, if he's able to recreate the magic, DeAndre Hopkins has got to be thrilled to have a quarterback that seems to be able to get the ball downfield. Uh, they're not wearing those uh, terrible jerseys they wore last week that they should not be allowed to wear. They're great jerseys if Houston wears them, but terrible. And then they sent a cease and desist to Houston, too, the University of Houston. 
Come on, NFL. Do better. Read, read the room, NFL. No one likes this except for people that are petty. <laughs> NFL's petty, though. You know that. They are the petty. The all-powerful NFL. Yes. Like, you know, do they've you... got an array of lawyers. That, that's their job. <laughs> Protect the shield. Yeah, we need to send the Phillips family after the Adams family. We'll get them. So get that feud going again and get it back to Houston. Uh, Titans and Steelers, though, uh, we see, I believe, uh, most players are going to be healthy for the Steelers in this game. It, I don't know if it matters too much. Steelers are three-point favorites. Uh, are the Titans going to be able to turn it around with Will Levis, or is the, are the Steelers going to be able to get it going ahead and Matt Canada survives another week as the offensive coordinator uh, of the Steelers that everybody can't stand? <laughs> Matt Canada is his name, and he's he's terrible. I don't know why he must have like some compromising photos or something of that Snoop Dogg of, of Mike Tomlin. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's crazy. He hasn't his his offense has not had 400 yards of total offense since he's been the OC with the Steelers. They have not had it. Period. Which is it's hard to not have it at <laughs> one point out of the three years he's been there. Um, but they still win games because Mike Tomlin is a hell of a coach. I'll throw that out there. Uh, I don't, man, I think if Will Levis has a big game again to confirm what they saw in his first start, then they know they can move on from Ryan Tannehill. I think that's the big story in this game. If he has a big game, then the Ryan Tannehill experiment is officially over, and then it becomes Will Levis's team. Yeah. That's the big story here for me. Well, and I think that the, what I anticipate is you got, you got Will Levis, Will Levis with the uh, – I think you should change his name to Levi's and become the spokesman for Levi Jeans in hey, Nashville. That would be my guess. Not bad. That's where I'd go. Not uh, bad. Eat all the mayonnaise you want at that point uh, if you're <laughs> Will, Will Levi's. But, you know, um, look, I mean, he, he took the, the Falcons, I think, a little bit by surprise. They didn't have any tape on him. Now you have a rookie quarterback, Rod, on the road in a place like Pittsburgh who's got a week, you know, short week, but week of tape and a game of tape to watch. Uh, I'll be interested to see how Will Levis handles that because he felt slighted by the draft process. Uh, he yeah, felt yeah. like he was a big-time quarterback. Uh, Bryce Young went one, C.J. Stroud two, Anthony Richardson even in his own division went four, and he slid all the way into the second round. So he's playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. That obviously is the key storyline. And then Kenny Pickett's health and Pittsburgh at home and Mike Tomlin. Uh, they are, I mean, it's just amazing to me. I've seen the Steelers enough this year look terrible. Houston beat them real bad. They've looked awful, but they're four and three. They win this game tonight, they'll be five and three. That's just what Mike Tomlin does. Well, he does. He does less with more, more with less. And uh, we'll see with Mike Vrabel, have they found their quarterback? And pretty smart, uh, you know, you saw it, uh, Patrick and Rod did when we were t- when it was with the Texans. Good idea, to just, even if you're trying to figure it out, just throw it up to DeAndre Hopkins. Just let D-Hop go up and make a play, uh, which he did, and he scored three touchdowns. Three of the four touchdowns last week went to DeAndre Hopkins in the win over the Falcons. Yeah, Rod knows if you need to look good for the party, put on your Spanx, throw the ball. To DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. Damn right. <laughs> uh, I did want to talk. We will mention. Uh, Watch that fat. <laughs> uh, the Texans are taking on the Buccaneers. I want to get your opinion on this. I did not realize the Vegas odds right now of the next coach to be fired. Uh, Albert Flus is number one. Number two is Todd Bowles. I would have not wow. put Todd Bowles in that. I still think Brandon Staley should be at the top of that list. But Todd Bowles is number two. Texans are favored by three. They're at home. Uh, the run game for the, for Tampa Bay has been almost non-existent, uh, which doesn't help out. And they, everybody knows they're one-dimensional. And you take Baker Mayfield on a team that's not great and make him one-dimensional. Uh, it's it's just hard to win those games. Uh, is this a game where Texans the, the Texans can get back on track and maybe get Damian Pierce, maybe get Singletary, maybe get this run game going against Tampa Bay and control the clock a little bit? 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Patrick, because we're all Texans fans here. That run game, I mean, that's the most concerning part of the offense right now. You thought it would have been the offensive line, which has been a mass unit, or C.J. Stroud, a rookie quarterback. That has not been the case. C.J. Stroud is playing like a top-ten quarterback in the league right now, and that's in spite of the offensive line being a mass unit. The real issue has been the running game. Real quick stat before I give it to E here, 53% of the Texans' runs have had a defender hit the runner before he gets to the line of scrimmage and make contact with the runner before he gets to the line of scrimmage. So 53% of the time, they hand off the football. They got, their guy gets hit behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> that is crazy. That is the highest number, by the way, in the NFL. Only 49 yards rushing this season before contact. So I think if they don't get that running game going pretty soon, people are going to look at the Texans like they are a one-dimensional team and make C.J. Stroud much easier to defend. Well, we saw it last Thursday with the Buccaneers and the Bills. I mean, that, the, the weakness of the Buccaneers' defense is run defense. Um, they're not, they don't have a Dominican Sue up front. They don't have that defensive front they had when they won the Super Bowl. They can still cover pretty well, uh, even though Josh Allen kind of torched them last Thursday. But they've had 10 days to prepare. But to Rod's point, if you can't run the ball against this group, statistically, you're, you're, it's just probably not going to happen with Damian Pierce. And that also tells me, Rod, that in, in addition to being leaky up front, they're also predictable. Like mm-hmm. if, you, if guys are in your backfield and hitting you before you get to the line of scrimmage, they kind of know what's coming a little bit. They, they, they've scouted your run game. That's true. And they've got guys crashing. Uh, they've got some kind of tell that, that is not disguising what they're trying to do. Uh, and that's hurting Damian Pierce as well. But so right now, De- Devin Singletary has been the more explosive back for them. Uh, he's getting more and more of the touches right now. Damian Pierce trying to learn that zone blocking scheme. Yeah, if you can't do it against Tampa Bay at home, uh, this would be disappointing for Houston. I mean, do it meaning just get a 100-yard game out of your running back. You know, get, get you know, four and a half to four and a half yard per carry average for your running back. Cowboys are trying to figure the same thing out with Tony Pollard because if they get that going, that's the missing piece because Dak Prescott played great last week. Defense is outstanding. Special teams is special. Uh, if they get the run game going in Dallas with Tony, Tony Pollard, they're going to be really tough, and obviously they got the, the showdown game Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia. Yeah, and uh, there was a tweet sent out today by uh, Arjun Menon, I think is the guy's name, but it was yeah. about the PFF, uh, the passer ratings, and the most accurate passers in the league, which are interesting numbers that I, I would tell you this is another one of those PFF stats that doesn't make sense to the eye test at all. Number two quarterback and passer accuracy, overall accuracy rate, Dak Prescott. Uh, third from last out of any passing quarterbacks with 50 passing attempts this season to C.J. Stroud. So it's Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It does not make sense, but they're, they're putting the accuracy of a pass, there, and they, they've apparently taken out the – you know, if a player makes a good catch that doesn't count, it has to be right on the money. C.J. Stroud seemed pretty accurate to me, but uh, according to this list, uh, there might be some worries for uh, for the Texans as the season goes on that C.J. Stroud is looking good, but the wide receivers are doing it. I don't know. It doesn't pass the eye test, but that is a stat that was put out today. And uh, for Cowboys fans, you got to love it because Dak Prescott's number two on the list, unless you're one of the Cowboys fans that hates Dak Prescott and then – you know, you hate any good stat. <laughs> a, a, a real quick stat, though, uh, ESPN has a wide receiver efficiency metric they yes. put out. They rank all the wide receivers in the NFL, and they said the Texans basically had the best turnaround of the wide receiving room of all the wide receiving cores in the NFL. So uh, that would kind of back up that metric that the wide receivers have overachieved. Yes. I, I think the, the wide receiver, we know Nico Collins has really stepped up in, into a big role. And Tank Dell, if he's back and he's healthy now, getting that passing game, those guys seem to have a good connection. It can continue to grow. Robert Woods has been a pretty good uh, pro to put into there. I, I, yeah, I think they should be able to handle the Buccaneers. 
But, you know, it is. It's going to be a question of if this run game can get going. Uh, guys are out at third base, Round Rock, for a few more minutes before they start to give away prizes. Uh, tell them what's going on out there, guys. Uh, oh, we're just hanging out, having a great time. And you can register uh, for an autographed Texas football, first of all. And we all believe that it's autographed by Steve Sarkeesian. It looks like is somebody who is at least trying to uh, emulate Steve Sarkeesian's signature. But we believe it's his. So you can come out and autog- you can, uh, get, you can register to win the autographed football. And also you can uh, come out here and enjoy some of the, uh, the fantastic Bud Light. Got a lot of nice Bud Light here in the building that we're all enjoying. So come on out here to third base uh, here at the uh, intersection of uh, I-35 and 45. Yes, and uh, if you guys are going out there a little bit later, Nine o'clock, Spurs and Suns. They played on Tuesday. The Spurs made a huge comeback. Uh, Suns are going to be pissed off about that and try and get a win. Devin Booker is a game time decision. He didn't play on Tuesday, uh, but that game uh, will be on. I'm sure out there at third base as well, so you can watch the Texas TCU game, which last I checked was tied seven to seven. Titans and Steelers are going to be out there. You also got Spurs and Wimby action, which is always good to see as well. We're going to take a last break. Before we get out of here, uh, we'll come back and wrap up the show here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol. The cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon. Big thanks to Aaron Hogan and Rob Babers for joining the show all show long out there at third base at Round Rock. Still time to get out there and say hey to them before they take off. They'll be gone in a few minutes, but go out there and hang out and enjoy uh, all the festivities happening out there and all the games that will be happening tonight. Uh, appreciate everybody playing along the text line. Even if you're not my fan, I appreciate you listening, and I know sometimes I mess up on names trying to remember all these names every day. Not my specialty. I do a lot of work around here, but I keep trying. Uh, so I appreciate everybody who listens. I did mess up the game the other day, and I appreciate everybody who let me know uh, that I did not uh, have the right team in Incarnate Word in St. Edwards and, and mixed up the dates on that. I appreciate that. And, uh, well, you know what? We were not hating on C.J. Stroud. That's why I brought up the stat. I, uh, I thought it was an interesting stat to check out, his, uh, his, that his accuracy seems to be lower. It's something to watch for if you're a Texans fan. You can watch that as well. And, well, we're all still Astros fans. We're still good for it. We're still good for it. But I appreciate you listening, man. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate everybody who plays along with us on the text line. Uh, For everybody out there, uh, have a great Thursday night. We'll be back tomorrow giving you some more talk about Texas and K-State. We'll get into some more NFL talk. All that coming up tomorrow on the Sports Complex. Until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Sports Complex on the Horn.